Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tekoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tekoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. I'm excited for my message today, and before I jump into it, I just want to say welcome. My name is Pastor Austin. I'm the lead pastor here at Tekoa. If we haven't met yet, I would love to meet you in the coffee lounge after service. And we just want to say, if you are here looking for God, He is already here. He knows your name, and we believe He wants a relationship with you. If you're looking for your people, your place, your purpose, we want to say to you, welcome home. Tekoa Church is here to connect you to God so that you can find and live out your purpose. And today, as we finish up our Welcome Home series, I'm talking about one of our values here at Tekoa. And as we started this church, God put a couple things on our heart, and we ended up merging them together. And this value called Live Love Local was born, and I thought it was something that, you know, the concepts in of themselves weren't new, but I thought that merging of those things was something new for us at our church. And then Pastor Tim was on his honeymoon this last week, and he sends me this picture from Hawaii um, that they that he found um, wherever he was staying, and realized um, I don't know maybe they stole it from us. They maybe thought it was a good idea that what we had created, and they and they they. Um, but we're happy to have them back. If you guys know Pastor Tim and Leah, they got married two weeks ago. They're back in the house for the first time. And, you know, this morning, um, I want to share with you, right, there are times in life, um, uh, before I share that, my message title um, is Live Love Local that I just talked about. That's my message today. It's on my shirt. We believe so much in this um, as a church from the beginning. We've had this as our mission. So that's my message, Live Love Local, this morning. And there are times in life that our perspectives shift. You know, and all of a sudden, maybe you start to see things differently. Things come into focus where they were out of focus before. And sometimes it's overnight. Sometimes it's step by step at time. You know, if you've ever been to the eye doctor, you know, they put, you know, to help you see more clearly, right? They put a machine in front of your eyes. And I don't know if you know that there's that one machine that has like a red house in it. I've been to eye doctors across the country. They all have the same red house. I don't know who decided it needed to be a red house. Maybe there's only one company. But this house like comes in and out of focus and and then eventually the machine somehow figures out how to make it in focus for your eyes and it spits out a prescription and it's just there. And other times, right, even when they do that, and I think sometimes faith is a little bit like that. We come to Jesus and eventually, you know, and we accept him for who he is as our savior and we start to choose to live for him. And all of a sudden life comes into focus a little bit more. But then there's things that we need to do to align our lives as well to what God has for us that help, you know, click things into place a little bit as well. And this value for us and even for my family personally has been one of these to like kind of click into place for us to see things just a little bit more clearly. You know, it's kind of like the other machine that for some reason they still have to put you in front of even after the first one gives you the prescription. They're like, well, I still got to put this, you know, thing in front of your face. First time I'm there, I'm like, oh, these better not be the size of the glasses I need. It's that giant thing that's in front of you. And they like spin all these dials and they're like, is one better? Is two better? And I'm like, they're both blurry. And the eye doctor's like, no, I intentionally said which one is better, not which one, like, does it look good, right? Which one's better? I, I, go back to one. Now go, go to two. 
and I don't know, it's like the, you know, the perfectionist, the, the, the anxious person, it's like their, their worst nightmare there of like, I got to get this right. Which one is it going to be? I found if, if you really make them go back and forth, sometimes you can push them to give you a third option. Like, oh, one, two, how about three? You know, is that worse or is that better? I've never got them to say four, but I've got them to say three a few times. But eventually, step by step, like you get the right prescription and you can start to see clearly. And this message today is about an outward value of our church. Um, and it, it helps, I think, one of the things that's helped us click things into place. The, the vision um, to see a little bit more clearly. And as a church, I talked to last uh, two weeks ago as we started this series. Um, you know, the vision for this church comes from Second Chronicles 20. That it would be a place where people would come to God and see Him provide for them as He did for his people um, outside of the place of Tekoa. You know, and then I shared the three things, if, if you want to make Tekoa your home, these are the three things we encourage you to do to make this your home. The first of those is to jump into a group. We just changed the order of these because we realized, you know, this better aligns with find your people. So find your people, jump into a group. We started those last week. My wife and I hosted one. There's a bunch around the city as well. And it was really, I, I was so glad to be back in a group with people again. It was so good for my soul to be in a group. Um, and I want to encourage you, it's not too late. You can find them on our website. Um, you can still jump into a group this week, even if you missed last week. But jump into a group. The second of those is join our gatherings. That's how we help find our place. Um, you're in one right now. And I want to encourage you to continue to be and make that a priority in your life. And then the third one of those is to build the house. You know, part of what we do is to give back to God and His kingdom. We do that through finances. We do that through our serving. And we both do it in the house, and we do it by serving our city as well. And that's part of what it means. And I want to focus today on part of our call outside of the walls even of this building. And I want to actually leave us with some very specific ways that if you want to jump into this, sometimes you're like, great, I want to do that, but I don't know how. I'm going to leave you with a few ways for you to just practically even do this coming up. So this morning, I want to, I'm going to invite you to respond, and I want to encourage you, you know, to, to stay with me for the payoff at the end of the service. And last week, I preached on abiding in the vine. You know, we're to remain in Jesus. And we're to abide in him. And the result of that is that we will have a full and overflowing life, a full and overflowing joy. I want to encourage you, if you missed it last week, all my messages are good. But if you missed it last week, go back and listen to that message. I know for even me and my family personally, it's been really speaking to our hearts. Um, and part of what I shared was what God wants is more for us, not just more from us. The crazy thing is that he wants to give us more joy. That's his goal of being in relationship with us. And it's so worth it to be in relationship with him. And sometimes I think, though, as I, I was thinking about abiding a little bit more in that passage this week, sometimes I think about abiding, some translations even say just remain, right? It, it feels much more of a passive thing. Like, okay, I'm doing that right now. Like, I'm sitting in the house I'm sitting with Jesus. I haven't walked away from him. It feels like, okay, if, I, if I'm just with him, I'm not doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. As long as I'm not walking away, I'm doing the right thing. But there's more to abiding, I think. 
You know, it's more than just, okay, I've got even some of us in different seasons of life, you know, it might feel like I'm really struggling with this problem in my life, or I'm struggling with my health, or my family, or this addiction. And you might say even like, Pastor, I'm barely keeping it together. I, I just sitting here, Jesus, and that feels like a win. And sometimes that is. Just getting here can be a win for you and what you need in this season. And let me acknowledge that sometimes that's the place we're in or that you might be in, and that's totally okay. You need some room to heal. You need some room to connect with God. And I want to encourage you, take that time. You have, my, you have my blessing, my encouragement. Take that time and that space that you need. And maybe this message isn't for you today. Maybe it's for you in a few months. And I know some of you, like, that's where you are. You need to rest up. You need to heal up for a time, and that's good. But I also want to encourage you, don't get stuck in that place. I think too often we're there too long. We feel like, ah, oh, I've been hurt, I'm in this bad place, like, and we just sit in that place of, I need more of Jesus, I need more time, I'm here, and we just get stuck there for so long, longer than is healthy for us. Because the truth is, we live in a broken world. Life is challenging. There is sin around us constantly, there are challenges. Don't take those challenges as an excuse not to act. There will always be a new excuse even coming up for us. Last week, after service on Sunday, it felt like life just started coming at me. You know, it was dinner on Sunday night, and we were about to, you know, get things going on the stove, and I got a call, and we forgot. So I brought something home accidentally, and so I had to run back here with something as we were about to get dinner off the table. And then Monday morning came, and I was like, okay, I'm getting up. I'm going to head to the coffee shop, start working on my message. Like, life is going. And I got in my car, and it's a, it's a Prius. And so I hit the button, and like the battery word to life, and I was about to start taking off, and all of a sudden I heard this really loud noise, and I was like, who is driving down my street with that loud noise? I looked in the mirror, and then I realized, that's my car. Somebody stole the catalytic converter out of my car, and like I was the one making the crazy ruckus in the street. And so my day, my week did not start how I thought it would start. And then, you know, I, I just, I got going a little bit, and then we got a call from my daughter's school, like, somebody's got to come pick her up. She got sick at school, like, bring her home, you know? And, and I, I share this, not because I feel like I need sympathy from all of you, but this is what life happens sometimes. Things happen to us in the middle of life, and when we have the right perspective, it allows us to keep going, knowing even as we sing about, you know what, Jesus, I have a firm foundation. I have trust in you. I have faith in you no matter what's happening. I can move forward, you know, but it just keeps happening. I, you know, I talked a few weeks ago about like being in good health in the chiropractor and no wonder everything started happening. I had like to have an emergency visit there because I had crazy back pain again, right? It just happened. And we, we live in a broken world. Our response to what happens to us matters. And I choose and I chose to keep trusting God and following him, abiding in him. And uh, the next day, I was in my time with God, and I, I just, I was reminded of my message, you know, a few days prior. Like, wait, what did I preach on? I need to pray for the people that stole from me. Not pray justice for them. You know, I, I started my prayer that way, you know, that they would get justice too. But you, I said, you know what, God, I pray that they would meet you, Jesus, because they need you. They don't need, they need more of your love just as I needed your love. And you know what Jesus did on one of the worst days of his life, hanging on the cross, he says to the thief next to him, you know what, you're forgiven. You still are going to face the world's justice. You don't get to escape that. 
but you're going to be in heaven with me. And that is the example that he set for us to love those around us, to pray for those even that are our enemies. And that's a call to just trust in God and live in him. Abiding in Jesus isn't just coming to church on Sunday, feeling good as you hear about God, praying during worship, and then going on with life. Abiding in Jesus is loving as Jesus loved and trusting in him. And he says this, we looked at this last week, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Abiding means loving. And it's a lot less like just sitting than getting to be a part of it. You know, it's a little bit more like I was thinking about whitewater rafting this week. And sometimes you paddle really hard through the rapids. Sometimes you get to paddle easy as you're going along. Sometimes you get to even just sit there and enjoy as the current kind of takes down the water. And you need to know which of those places you're in. Sometimes though, man, it's like getting thrown out of the boat into the water in the rapids. And I speak about this from someone who has had that happen to him. My very first whitewater rafting trip, I'm thrown into the rapids. Next thing I know, I'm there and I'm floating. And I, it feels like one of those movies where you're like, you're underwater and you just hear the, the bubbling water and then you're like up for air and it's like, oh, clear. And then back and like, that's like where I was in the movie. And I'm like, oh, I'm, now I'm stuck in the rapids. And I thankfully had my helmet and my life jacket on and I, you know, had to do the only thing I was responsible for in that moment. Stay alive. That's all I, that was all I was responsible for. You know, I didn't need to paddle anymore. I didn't need to direct the boat to come pick me up. My, my responsibility was, I remember what they said in training, keep my feet pointed down the river so that if I hit any rocks, my feet will absorb the impact. My responsibility, point my feet, stay alive. That's what I got to do right now. And sometimes that's what happens to us. We get thrown out of the boat, we're in the rapids, life comes at us and we just need to stay alive. But we also need to know when is our responsibility to be paddling? When is our responsibility to paddle harder because we're in the rapids and that's what God tells us to as he's directing the boat? What is the moment that we're in? You know, and I see it even, right, part of it, right, I had my life jacket and my helmet on and that's part of life. Like, be in our gatherings, be in one of our groups. Those are important things that whether times are good or times are bad, they help keep us going the right direction in life and help keep us safe. But I see it even as a pastor when something happens to somebody in their life and they get thrown in the rapids. As a church, we'll come alongside, you know, we come alongside people when life is good. We come alongside people when life is difficult. You know, and I see somebody that doesn't have a lot of people and community around them. And, you know, they go through something and, you know, maybe we're able to provide a meal for them. But I see somebody else that's in community. And this beautiful thing happens called a meal train in our community. Right? Like, somebody brings them a meal on Tuesday that they make. Somebody else says, I can't make a meal, but I can DoorDash you. Somebody else says, I can do this for you on Friday. And there's this progression of, I'm going to care for you for the long haul because I have built this foundation around me. And, you know, the guide of the boat directed everybody to paddle to me and pick me up. I did my part. I stayed alive. The boat crew... Matter of fact, my parents were actually at the front of the boat, so they pulled me out of the water. And we need that sometimes. We need some help to get out of the water and get rescued. 
But you know what I did? I caught my breath for a minute, and it was Montana, and it was raining, and it was really cold. And I caught my breath for a minute, and I had every excuse in the world to be like, okay, like, I, I did my part, like, I'm just going to sit here and get to the end and survive. And we have that choice in life, too. Like, I can just sit here, and I can survive, and I'll get to the end. Or I had another opportunity. I said, you know what, I, I took my breather that I needed to take. It's time to start paddling again. And the thing that happened, right, is I was starting to contribute again, and my body heat helped warm me up a little bit because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm contributing once again. And some of you, I want to encourage this morning, need to start paddling again. Some of you, maybe you need to start paddling some more. Some of you, maybe though, are in this room and you're paddling more than enough. And I want to say, acknowledge that as well. You're doing so much for God, maybe you need to abide a little bit more. And you need to rest a little bit more in the joy and goodness that he wants to give you. You know, I preach that, right? God doesn't want more from you. He wants more for you. But if you're not paddling, this morning I want to tell you it's time to start paddling. Because this is how God created us. He says this in Genesis. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. What I want you to know about this, this verse is before sin ever entered the world. Work was not bad. It wasn't a result of sin. Sin made it harder. Sin made consequences and made the work more of a challenge. But work was created before sin entered the world. We're created in God's image. God himself contributes and works in our world. We are created in his image. We are created to contribute as well. We are created to care for this earth. And that's one of the expressions, right? Love as Jesus loved. It's part of the purpose we were created for, to love like he loved for us. It's how we get warm again after falling in the water by living out the purpose he has for us. And specifically at Tekoa, we have a vision to focus on that really hyper-locally. You know, I have a heart for the global church as a former missionary and as a church. We support the global church and we will, and I'm excited to at some point hopefully not too far down the road, take a team of people on a missions trip overseas because it's really, really valuable and the global church is important. But God has given us a vision for his local church. So I want to focus, I want to split this up. I want to start with the live part of this, live local. That's my first point today, live local. You know, let me touch on this. You know, in our day and age, it's so easy to go about living life in 50 different unrelated places. And that's the key part of that, unrelated places. You know, it's important that we focus and are intentional about where do we live out, especially our life. Where do we find community? Where do we spend our time? The big three for most of us are work, home, and church. And those are also the harder things to change in life. You know, sometimes you're just stuck with where your office is, or you're, this is where our home is, and it makes sense because of the people in our house, whatever. But especially the fourth one, our recreation, our food, our errands, are you being intentional about that or is that just happening in your life? And one of our values is to be intentional locally around us. You know, especially for my family, we're very intentional of this is where our church is focused right here in this building to be intentional of the area surrounding here and the area immediately surrounding our house. And those are the two focus areas for us that we say, hey, we want to invest in these places. And we're really, really intentional about what that looks like. You know, even when we think about where do we go on a date, sometimes we go a little bit further because there's somewhere we want to go. 
But usually we try to be around one of those two places to say, hey, this is our community. This is where God has called us to invest. I'm going to be investing here. And the really cool thing is that when we start to get this vision in our minds that God has for us, it starts to open up opportunities for him to work more because we've created those opportunities for him as we even build relationships around us. You know, one of the coffee shops around me, you know, I'm starting to know, like, I've met the owner, I've met the manager, I've met the server that's almost always there at my table. And I don't know a lot about them yet, but I'm starting to build relationships because I'm intentionally building them there, not just hopping around all of the places. And it's even a sacrifice for me. I love really good coffee, but I have not been able to find good coffee locally, decent parking, decent seating. N- nobody has all of those options. Like I can get one or two maybe of those options. I can't get all of them. And even now I'm, I'm, I've been sacrificing a little bit of the quality of the coffee because you know what? I can be local here. I can build relationships here. It's valuable for me here. And I think it's really important for us as well. Where do you shop? Where do you eat? Where do you go on dates? You know, are we local around us? You know, back to the eye doctor that I started this with, we're intentional. The eye doctor we can walk to from our house. Literally, I've walked there and back before. And yes, it's convenient as well. It's a good use of resources, but it also is something intentionally we've done. We moved to our new house and our dentist was really far away and we said you know what we're going to find one local so we moved and now i can walk to my dentist if i needed to as well usually i drive because it's slightly further but i could walk there like we're intentional locally investing in our community you know we spend our time in our community and as as this value was developed for our church I, i i felt like this is what god was saying but this is a good principle for you. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is telling you something, you have to go to Scripture with it. And if it doesn't align with Scripture, then it's not God that's speaking to you. And so we felt like God was saying this, and we said, I said, okay, I gotta go to Scripture. Is this scriptural, or is this just like a good thing that feels right, like in our city and like environmental friendly, whatever movement? Is this scriptural, or is this, is this real? And I started to find something. I started in Mark 10, which I love because it's the passage we asked the pastor to preach about at our wedding. And he says this, And he, Jesus, left there and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan, and crowds gathered to him again. And again, as was his custom, he taught them. It wasn't just his custom to teach. The people knew where to find him and knew that Jesus had a rhythm of this kind of teaching. He says, in Luke, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. This was what he did regularly. This was part of his rhythm, his routine. In Luke 22, it says, and he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus had routine in his life. He had a custom of, these are my places, that I go to. This is where people know where to find me. This is where I know where to find people. This is what I do, and I'm intentional about it. You don't have to do the same thing every day or every week. Like, too much routine, I know, can be stifling for some of us. Some of us love routine. But it's valuable to be intentional and be regular. And I think when we do it locally, it builds into the value of that. And our church, even as we live this value out, I can tell you multiple stories of how we've seen God working because of it, because we've made space. As we change even the the viewpoint of some people, of the businesses, 
and even people that work in the, the government in our city of what it looks like for a church to be consistent and intentional in their local community. I told you my family, we try to be intentional. This summer, we, Allie wanted to be a, come to the downtown farmer's market, and we were trying to figure out when can we come. There's a farmer's market downtown. Like, let's take our family there. That'll be the family, the, the night that we go out with the family. We'll go eat dinner at the farmer's market, get some fruit and vegetables. And the timing of it was just really difficult for us. And it was not one of those moments that worked out really, really well for our family. We went, and I got there, and it was really, really hot. And then I waited because Ali had been on a, um, seeing a friend with the girls, and then they were delayed, and then they got stuck in traffic, and we finally got there. And then the kids were hungry, and they were tired, and it was hot. And then, like, she got food, and then I finally, I ordered some food and had to wait like 20 minutes for my food. And it, it just didn't go well. But we were intentional about being there. Matter of fact, it was so long that I had to, and then things weren't going well, so I had to take my food, and I was going to our young adults gathering, and I said, let me throw the, the food in the back of my motorcycle, and I hope it doesn't get shooken up too much, and I'll just eat it when I get there, and it'll be a little bit rude, but I got to eat, and I don't want to be too late. Right? But then a few weeks later, we're Live Love Local again as a church, and we're at the park in front at the movie nights that the city was throwing on. And I start talking to the people at the, the tent next to me and who have a heart for our city. They're, they're not uh, believers. They're not Christian, but they have a heart for our city. And I was like, I think I saw you guys at the farmer's market. And her face lit up. She was like, oh, you've been to the farmer's market? Like, you actually like our city too? You're not just a church that comes in and leaves and doesn't give anything back to our city? Right? It, it gave the opportunity for a relationship to be built. And I have so many stories like that because of being intentional and consistent and having a custom as Jesus had that has made room for God to work and build relationships. And too many of us, we're just living life wherever is the new best place on Yelp that comes up or we read in the paper or that's where we're going and that's where we're doing. And we're not intentional. And when we're intentional, it makes room and space for God to move for us. My second point of this is to love local, right? Not just live local, but if we're, if we're jerks about it, it's no good. <laughs> we got to love those around us. And let's connect John 15 that we talked about last week to one of my favorite chapters, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Now faith, hope, and love abide, just as we talked about last week. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Love abides. Love is how we remain in Jesus. We talked about some of that love last week, but even in 1 Corinthians 13, you've heard it probably at a wedding, right? Um, this chapter, love abides. But this is what he says at the beginning of the chapter. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. If I have amazing spiritual gifts without love, those gifts are worthless. If I have amazing intellect and wisdom, but no love, it's worthless. If I have amazing faith, but no love, it's worthless. 
If I'm extremely generous and selfless, but if we don't have love, church, it doesn't matter that we gave away because we didn't do it for the right reasons and it's not going to have the effect that God wants it to have. It's worthless. We can be a church with amazing worship, amazing prophecy, amazing faith, amazing time together, but if we don't have love, it's all for nothing. As a church, it says if we give all we have away, but not love, it's worthless. It's crazy, but it's the reality. It's worthless without love for us. Paul, who wrote out this list of many of the characteristics of what love is, you know, a lot of them are even, you know, it's a feeling or a response, or passive. The second thing he says is love is kind, and kindness is an action. If we aren't living it out, we're not being loving. We can't just feel love towards somebody. We can't just have the right perspective or mindset. If we're not acting on it and doing it, we're not being kind. We're not living out what love actually is in our world. And this is why as a church, we live love local. Why do we love? Where does it come from? First John says, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. This is the center of the Christian faith. For us to love God, for us to love those around us. To both love our brother, but also to love even our enemies, as I talked about as well. Why? Because God loved us. Because he loved us, and he loves them too. And if he loves them, I better love them, because otherwise I'm going against God and what he wants. And so we're to love those around us. Matthew 22, this is the heart of what it means to be a Christian. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Then the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what it means to worship God. We're to love God. We're to love our neighbors. If you want to know what it means to be a Christian, that's what you're supposed to do. Those two things. Love God. Love your neighbors. And as a church, it means we're to be active in our world. It means to be doing the things that God has us to do. And as I wrap up, remember what I said about, you know, the car thieves stealing out of my, my car. And I, I talked about paddling up the river even. And I think God works in our lives. And sometimes we don't give him the opportunity because we don't respond how he wants us to respond. And there's not always crazy provision. Sometimes things don't work how we would want them to work or think they should work. But sometimes there is and we don't give God a chance. And I don't know if it's because... I prayed for my enemies this week or not. I don't really care. I did what I was supposed to do. But God blessed us this week. On Monday, I called six different mechanics and I got the same thing from all of them. This is crazy. We live in California. So many people are stealing these. It's a minimum three-month wait to order one of these parts. Church, by Friday, I had one installed, a protection plate installed, and I, it was done. It was taken care of. I moved on with life because God provided. It was supposed to take at least three months. It didn't. And I got to pray and not just be grudging and upset and angry all week at the car thieves. Instead, I said, you know what? God bless them because I know you're going to take care of me, God. This is what we do. We trust in God and not ourselves, not in the things of this world. This is what I want you to invite you to do as I finish this morning. Let this be a value for you and your family in your life. To live love local as we've made this a value in our life. Love with us. Love our community with us. 
I have some specific opportunities I'm going to give you after we, we pray about what's going to happen next weekend because we don't have service next weekend. We're going to love our city instead next weekend and show his love in a tangible way to those around us. So let me pray for us that we would have this be in our lives, that we would see God move as we trust him and we love him. So would you guys pray with me? God, I pray that you would build this church and I pray that your love would overflow. I pray that we would just receive on the front end. I pray right now that our church would just receive an overflow of your love and abundance and provision. Lord, not just for themselves, but so that as they were first loved, they might love the brother and sister around them, that they might share that love with our city. And I pray for more stories, Lord, that it wouldn't just be me and my family, but it would be all the people of our church would have the stories of how as they are intentional about loving around them, God, your provision happens. Lord, those conversations happen and we're seeing people come and get connected to you, God. And so I pray that you would move. If somebody needs your love this morning, if they feel like they got thrown in the rapids, I just want to pray right now that they might experience your love and an over, overflow of your spirit, that they might know that you're with them, that you're, you're taking them out of the water and say, I got you. Take a rest. Take a breather. There's no fear. I'm not going to let you drown in the water. God is saying to you, would you just trust him? If you never put your trust in him, we are not meant to do life alone and we're not meant to do life on our own. It's not meant to be a kayak going down the river by ourselves. And just get thrown in and dumped in and we got to fend for ourselves. No, God provided a way for us because there was no way back to him without it. So he sent Jesus for us. If you have never put your trust in Jesus, God is saying to you right now, Jesus died for you. All you need to do is not work more, but accept what he did for you. Choose to live for him. If you want to put your faith in Jesus this morning or reaffirm that commitment to him, just echo this in your heart. God, I believe you sent Jesus for me. I accept your forgiveness and what you did on the cross for me, Jesus. And I choose to follow you and make you Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. Well, church, I said there's some specific opportunities for us. Next weekend, there is no church service here at 10 a.m. There is no Tekoa Kids at 10 a.m. There's going to be nobody here. And matter of fact, there's a marathon downtown. So it's going to be really hard to get here. So don't come here. <laughs> this, it's just going to be bad all around. God will still be here, but just you and God if you come here next week. And so Saturday and Sunday, there's some opportunities. I want to let you know about some of these specific opportunities. The first one of these is on Saturday and Sunday. We have multiple shifts. Um, It is called, um, we're partnering with City Team. Matter of fact, you can pull up on your phone right now. This is how you encourage me. Take out your phone. Don't look at a text message, but I won't know the difference. But pull out your phone right now. Scan the QR code. Go to the website. There's a form for you to fill out. Um, If you're not quite ready, you got to talk to your spouse later or whatever, you can save it. Um, but go there, fill out. The first of these opportunities is with City Team. We're super excited. They are building, they bought an apartment complex and the units are 70 years old and disgusting. We are renovating one of those apartments. And what that apartment is going to be as we re- after we renovate it and what this complex is for is for women and families that are coming out of a situation of a domestic violence that they have a safe place for them to go and it's provided for. They don't have to worry about rent. They don't have to worry about a bed. They don't have to worry about food in the fridge even. That it's there for them so that they can find healing and escape the situation that they're in. I'm so excited about this opportunity. Matter of fact, we're going to be doing this over the next three months, but we're doing demo next weekend. So if you want the demo part of it, sign up there. If you're like, I can decorate or paint. I can't do demo. There's opportunities at the bottom of that form. You can sign up to partner with us in the long term for that as well. 
We have creek cleanup on Saturday morning. Some of my family is going to be at that. We're partnering with both Beautiful Day and Clean Creeks to clean up the creek downtown. Um, so that's an awesome opportunity on Saturday morning. On Sunday morning, we've got prayer walk at 10 a.m. that'll be downtown. Um, if you want to, 10 a.m. is your jam and you want to be a part of service type thing, we've got a prayer walk happening. And then we also at 10 o'clock have, we're making um, care kits for Foster the City, one of our other community partners um, off-site. Um, but that's a great opportunity as well. So take one of these. Be a part of what we're doing. Um, and then at the bottom too, if you want to be a part long-term of, of helping build the house of what we're doing here, you can sign up there for more info. You're not committing to anything. Um, but be a part of what we're doing. You know, and so we're going to continue worshiping. Take some time. Fill that out if you need to fill that out. But Isaiah 6 says this, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. We're going to sing this song. Invite you guys when you're ready, you guys can stand with us. If you want, you can stand right now. Worship with us and just respond to God. Say, here I am. Send me. I'm going to love for you. I'm going to love my city. Would you guys stand? Would you worship with us this morning? Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org/connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tacoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurch.org/giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.